Now we approach the end of our catechism series on the Mass. We hope that it has been helped you to assist Holy Mass with great fruit. Tonight I'll be talking about the prayers at the end, the communion, the post-communion, the blessing. So we have, after the ablutions by the priest to purify his fingers and to purify the chalice, which has contained the precious blood of our Lord. Then we come to a prayer called the Communion, which the priest will again return to the epistle side of the altar to read. And the Communion Antiphon is a prayer which comes almost always from sacred scripture. It's a verse of the gospel, sometimes of a psalm, but almost always comes directly from sacred scripture. And then after the priest has recited this prayer, which helps to fix our meditation on, on the Blessed Sacrament and what we have received, then he comes to the middle of the altar, he kisses the altar, and then he faces the people again and says, Dominus Obiscum, and returns to the Missal for a prayer that's called the Post-Communion, so the prayer that comes after the Communion. And this prayer is not a quotation from sacred scripture, but it's a creation of Holy Mother Church. The post-communion is in a beautiful Latin, just like the collect and the secret. And just like the collect and secret, it's always one, two, or three prayers which are linked together. So the post-communion will be the prayer which will ask God for the fruits of the sacraments that we've just received. So we've, we've talked a little bit about the four ends of prayer, the Mass, petition, adoration, reparation, and thanksgiving. And often we see one or two or a combination of these ends expressed in the post-communion prayer, either thanksgiving for the sacraments we've just received, or a petition to God for the graces that we need, or also just uh, the worship of God or to ask God for pardon for our sins. So, the priest says the post-communions, one, two, or three post-communions at the Missal. The Missal is then closed, and he returns to the center of the altar, and then he will say the Dominus Obiscum again, turning towards the people. And then you have one of two, actually three responses possible. Either he says, Ite Misa Est, go, it is the Mass, it is the dismissal, or Benedicamus Domino, and the response is still Deo Gratias, or in the Requiem Mass, you have Requiescant in Pace, is the conclusion here. So, in the traditional Roman Mass, prior to the reforms, the response Ite Misa Est is always linked to the Gloria. So in the Mass, if you have the Gloria, then you've got the Ite Misa Est. If there's no Gloria, then you say Benedicamus Domino. So on penitential days during seasons such as Advent and Lent, when it's a Mass in violet, then you're going to have a Benedicamus Domino instead of Ite Misa Est. And then at this point, it's helpful to remind ourselves that, again, that the Mass makes alive for us, it, it represents the life of Christ in all of its stages, 
And of course, the passion is at the center of it, but not just the passion, the resurrection. And here we'll see the ascension of Christ. So our Lord has been present with us on the altar through the miracle of transubstantiation. After the communion, he is no longer necessarily present among us, although the, the reserve can be present in the Blessed Sacrament. But our Lord's uh, departure, in a sense, from us will also be signified sacramentally in the Mass at the conclusion. So if we remember, in the life of our Lord, just before He departs from us, before He goes up to heaven, to the Heavenly Father again, He will give the Great Commission. So He will tell His Apostles, Go to all the nations and teach them, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. So, this ite misas, this dismissal, is a kind of repetition of our Lord's Great Commission. And also, that explains to us why the, this is going to take place before the blessing. So, in the life of our Lord, you have the Great Commission at the end, and then as he prepares to ascend into heaven, he goes up and he blesses his apostles as he's about to depart from this world. So in the in the traditional Mass, the blessing comes after the dismissal rather than before it. And finally, we can note too, we've just uh, mentioned the, the Great Commission, which contains the the mandate to baptize the nations in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. And in this part of the Mass, we have this final prayer to the Placiat Tibi Sancta Trinitas, which says, May the performance of my homage be pleasing to thee, O Holy Trinity, and grant that the sacrifice which I, though unworthy, have offered up in the sight of thy majesty, may be acceptable to thee, and through thy mercy be a propitiation for me, and for all those for whom I have offered it. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. So, with this reminder of the, the Holy Trinity, we can think of our Lord's return to the Holy Trinity, but also it's a beautiful prayer for the priest and for the people. Whatever faults we have, whatever might be lacking in our personal devotion, what we should bring to the Mass but haven't brought, in a sense we ask for God to, to have mercy on us, to to receive our offering despite our human failures and to, to take the sacrifice and, and to give us the fruits of the sacrifice. So with that said, the priest will raise his eyes to heaven, saying, Benedicat vos omnipotens Deus, and then he will turn around and bless the people saying Pater Filius and Spiritus Sanctus, and we can at that moment think of our Lord's glorious return to heaven. But that's not going to be the final word. We will see after that the, the beautiful prayer of the last gospel. The Lord may have ascended bodily into heaven, but his presence still remains with us in the Blessed Sacrament. And we're going to be immediately reminded of the enduring reality of the Incarnation through the last Gospel, which we will see tomorrow. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.